Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark in the hit TV show, Shark Tank. I'm also the inventor of the infomercial and an ass on TV. Dove is a special uh, entrepreneur. Uh, he does amazing podcasts, but he's also a speaker and a consultant. Hi, I'm Sal Sylvester. I'm the author of Unite, the four mindset shifts for senior leaders and founder of Coach Metrics. He's a thought leader in the field, fantastic author. He's got an amazing radio show. Hello there, my name is Brett Trapp. I'm a creative consultant living in Atlanta, Georgia. Also the creator of Blue Babies Pink. Uh, this guy has written books, has a successful podcast, uh, and is absolutely changing the game when it comes to leadership and leadership development. Hey guys, Cameron Brown here, founder of The Thriving Collective. I travel the world helping people make a greater impact. Dolph is uh, just an outstanding character, uh, high quality guy, authentic guy, uh, master on leadership. My name is Chris Stoikos, founder of thebeardclub.com. And I'd just like to say that Dove has a very, very unique approach to working with businesses. Hey, this is Derry Apjohn, as well as Davis, aka The Strategy Man. And if I'm going to describe Dove in three words, it's going to be courageous, deep, and conscious. And that's exactly what you need for leadership right now. Hey guys, this is Devon Harris, original member of the Jamaican Bobsled team, three-time Olympian, author, speaker, philanthropist, he is one of the most amazing guys you'll ever meet, an amazing interviewer, but at the same time, an amazing speaker. Hi, I'm Nate Regeer, CEO and co-founding partner of Next Element Consulting, a global leadership training company specializing in conflict communication. You know, the more I get to know Dov Barron, the more I admire his authenticity, his genuine commitment to something that I share deep in my heart, which is this notion of authentic communication. I'm Jared Nichols. I'm a futurist, executive advisor, host of the NSBA podcast, The Road Ahead, and also president of the Jared Nichols Group. Dov is uh, an outstanding thought leader when it comes to leadership and the traits and the qualities of leadership that are going to be necessary to succeed in the 21st century. Hey everybody, Coach Brew here, best-selling author of Stadium Status, taking your business to the big time. If I had to describe Dov in three words, it would be expertise, genuine, and heart-centered leader. I'm John Berga, the president of Flourishing Leadership Institute, where we enable communities and organizations. He has a finger on the pulse of what the future is asking for from leaders. Hey, this is Jordan Harbinger of the Art of Charm podcast. Dov Barron is a great host with insightful perspective. He understands what makes people tick, and he can get to the heart of the matter in an entertaining and educational and informational way. Hi, I'm Joshua Miller, and I am the author of the new book, I Call Bullshit, Live Your Life, Not Somebody Else's. Dov Barron, to me, when you talk about authentic leadership and cutting through the bullshit, there's nobody I would trust to go to than Dov Barron. Hello there, I'm Mike Glauser. I've been studying entrepreneurial leadership for more than 20 years. He really knows how to teach authentic leadership and that's one of the most important things today in leading organizations. Hi there, my name is Rick Barker. I am the founder of the Music Industry Blueprint. I help people navigate the music business. He had made me aware of some things that were quite visible, but were still hidden. I'm Tom Bilyeu, co-founder of Quest Nutrition and Impact Theory. Dov is absolutely amazing. I really enjoyed my time. A, he knows the guests before they come on, which is absolutely critical. But B, this guy, most importantly, has intensity, well thought out ideas, often counterintuitive, which is what 
makes him great. Hi, I'm Tim Sanders, author of the book Love is the Killer App, How to Win Business and Influence Friends. His perspective is laser sharp about the things that matter. Welcome to another episode of Curiosity Bites. Here's what I'm curious about. Swarm mentality. Any idea what it is? I had no idea. But we're going to find out in this particular episode. My name is Dove Barron. I'm your host. And you can find out more about me and hiring me as a speaker or strategist for your organization by going to fullmontyleadership.com forward slash consulting or fullmontyleadership.com forward slash speaking. This episode is brought to you by the Awesome Music Project. You can go find out more about them at theawesomemusicproject.com where they're connecting music, science, and story to enhance mental health. To find out more about the Awesome Music Project, just jump over there. All right, let's jump down on this particular episode. My guest on this episode is another weird, wacky, and wonderful individual making a unique difference in the world, Daniel Levin. He walked away from the opportunity to run a billion dollar business and decided to hitchhike around the world to find happiness and inner peace. Did it work? Who knows? And of course, people thought he was crazy. He is the author of In the Mosaic. It's an allegoric journey that invites you to see the world from a new point of view. One that focuses on what connects each of us and brings us together in happiness. He has been a marketing expert. He has been with some of the big publishing houses in New York. But today, he's just here for a good old chin wag. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome Danny Loving. Welcome, sir. I love that enthusiastic welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been looking forward to see, talking to you. Me too, mate. Me too. So tell us, you know, it's the question we like to start with. What do you find yourself most curious about these days? I think the thing that really intrigues me the most of anything that I, I could sit with is what happened to us that we stopped listening. It feels like people are talking and talking and talking, but we're not listening to each other. Mm-hmm. When I look at the world that I see around me, I see a world that is desperately dying to be heard. Each one of us want to be, have something we really want to say. Mm-hmm. And you would think because we know we have something to say, we would want to listen to what other people have to say. But it's so rare for us to find people that actually listen. That's very true. And I wonder why, because we're all wanting the same thing. We want to just be listened to and heard, accepted and validated and loved and appreciated. That's all. And, and why would you do that? So what have you come to? What is the conclusion you've come to about why people are not are talking and not listening? I'm about to take a year long trip around the United States to find out. I'm literally going to go from town to town, village to village, city to city, and sit on street corners and bookstores and in cafes in convention halls. Even because what I have my ideas of why it's happened. 
my idea is my idea to say it, but it's just, a, it's just what we called in Judaism when I was studying in the rabbinical school, a Havamina. It's a first idea, but it's not a conclusion. I want to know what the world, I want to listen to the world, what the world says and why they've done it. I believe when I was growing up, it was so, we had so few vehicles to actually be heard. And so we, we didn't know how to get our voice out into the world. Mm -hmm. And so we tried to band together with people that were saying similar things. Like when we found our like-minded community, I remember the first time I walked into my like-minded community of people, I thought I died and went to heaven. I couldn't believe there were other crazy people out there that believed what I believed, that thought like I thought, that spoke like I spoke. And it was such a pleasure to be with them and feel accepted and, and, and good. But over time, what's happened is those like-minded communities have become silos. And the difference between those people that are my like-minded community and people that are in other like-minded communities started to grow wider and deeper. Mm -hmm. And so now you have one silo of like-minded community and another silo of like-minded community trying to say what they believe, but yelling over each other mm -hmm. because they they're scared to accept what this other silo believes. And now there are so many vehicles to get our voices out there. There's so many ways that we can be heard that we're almost invisible again. Yep. Because there's so much noise out there. There's so many podcasts. There's so many ways that people are talking. There's so many stations to, to be heard on. There's so many people that are speaking that it's almost as if this, nobody's getting heard. Yep. For me, I think that the reason we don't hear is the name of the show. We're not curious. We've stopped being curious. Beautiful. And, and I think part of the problem is like-mindedness. I've always said that I think the, the shittiest advice you ever got with surround yourself with like-minded people. Well, that's what's happened. That's yeah. why you have these silos. You're not actually going, let's be curious. I want to go sit with the right-wing guy and find yeah. out why do you think that way? I want to sit with the Antifa guy and go, why do you think that way? I want to yeah. sit with somebody who's of a different race or a different nation or a different religion or a different philosophy and say, well, tell me about that. Why do you feel that way? Not what's wrong with them, but finding out that deep curiosity is what inspired me to put this show together because I have said many, many times, um, you know, I've been on the path for more than 40 years and, you know, I thought the answer was love, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Okay. But, what I realized is most people have no idea what love is. I thought the idea was communication. Well, what I know is that people, most people are pretty poor at communication. What is the answer? And I spent years, years and years meditating on it, writing on it, about it, thinking about it. I spoke at the UN around it. And what I came up to very clearly was the answer is in every child. It is curiosity. The kid wants to know, and then they want to know why. Why is the grass green, Dad? Mom, yeah. why? And you can't get away with because it is. Yeah. You've got to dig deeper. And so that if we can embrace that, life will change dramatically for all of us because we'll actually have to see the person below the rhetoric. We have to see deeper than the rhetoric of, what it is they spout because we all spout bullshit from time to time and you got to stop and go okay well why let me just find out why yeah. and 
some people will tell you and some people won't, but you have to be willing to be curious. So I, so I love that. Let me push you back a little. Sure. Okay. Cause, cause I love this conversation and it, and it's already igniting my mind and my heart and my spirit. And I love it. And so I push you back, not with a sense of being right or wrong, just with a sense of deep, of deepening the conversation. Okay. The curiosity of a child, how exquisite, and it sounds so beautiful. But anybody who's been with a two-year-old knows that there's never an, there's never an end to that curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this happening? Well, just, you know, it's because this person said this to this, but why did they say that to this? this, this? Why did they do that? At a certain place, our curiosity has to take action. At a, at, a, at a certain place, we have to say, okay, I don't maybe, I won't know really why all this is going on, but what I know is in this particular place, I'm ready to take action. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to do something. Because if we sit and are only curious all of the time, we will never do anything because there's always going to be another why to everything that is said, which is absolutely a glorious way to live in your mind, but it isn't a great way to live in this world. And I, I totally get where you're coming from, and I don't disagree with it. Um, in fact, one of my quotes is, action is the currency of the brave. Yes. So I definitely believe that. But I think we've got to start with curiosity in order so, to take the action. And what? so just to push you back on the other side of it, I love is it. there are all kinds of people who are taking action, but they're not curious. And so they're doing shit that they've not thought about, that they've not looked at the examined the consequences of, and they've not considered other people in. So I do see there's a hierarchy, and the hierarchy is it starts with curiosity, and then yes, you must take action around that around where you get to. And you're absolutely right that that is a step of maturity. From so we're starting with childlike under the word like childlike curiosity, and we evolve into adult mature action. Action being the currency of the brave, and it's the currency of the brave because. I'm not going to take an action based on my biases, but rather on my curiosity and what I discovered. So, so I think we're very much on the same path with that. I, I think so. And, mm-hmm. and not, but, you know, I feel yeah. like I'm in with a sumo wrestler right now. And we're sumo, you know, this is it. And I love it. Talmudic wrestling. Talmudic wrestling. We're doing Talmudic wrestling. I spent five years sitting at a table talking over six words of the Talmud. Just yep, to, I understand. Right. I've been there, done that. Okay. Welcome, so, welcome to, and it is Saturday morning, so welcome to Yeshiva. That's right. We are in Yeshiva big time. The choice of our words. I have a, I have a theory. Our thoughts become our words. Our words create our stories, and our stories become our life. Mm-hmm. So I love curiosity, and it's such a beautiful word, and it's such, it sounds so good. My choice of word isn't curiosity, it's listening. Mm-hmm. And listening and curiosity are sort of best friends, but they're slightly different. And it's in the process to me of listening to another human being that we start to understand where people are coming from. Like, now that I know that curiosity is your bite, now that I know that that's what, that, that's what drives you, I can hear the way you speak in a totally different way. 
But when I don't listen, it doesn't matter how curious. A child doesn't listen. They're just curious. They just hear what they're, what's being said and says, why? 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 They don't, they're not really aware of the listening process of even their question. All they're really asking is why, 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 why? And it's beautiful until it's annoying, right? Because you just, at one point, growing up with kids, you just say, because a doggone is, that's why. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I don't disagree with what you're saying at all. And I think that um, we've got this, uh, there's a lot of rhetoric around things. Um, and part of the rhetoric is the new age claptrap that's gone around for, you know, you and I have been around it for, for 30 odd years. years. And, and it's, this, it's nothing more than spiritual ego. Um, and people saying things like, you know, well, I'm trying to, you know, I'm just actively listening. No, you're not. Yeah. You actually didn't hear, you, you may have shut up for a minute, but the noise in your head was right. screaming. So you're actually not listening. So you may, you may be applying the language of curiosity. Yeah. But, you, but again, the language of curiosity without being supported by the willingness to actively listen and let it in. And be willing, and this is the key for me, you know, when you're talking about listening and you talk about curiosity, before we can get to action, I have to be willing to give up my need to be right. Yes. I have yeah. to be willing to say, okay, what if I don't know? What if I don't understand? Help me understand. I've had people on this show who I definitely uh, politically disagree with them. And then I have a conversation with them and I go, okay, I get it. I get it. I don't necessarily have to agree, but I want to get it. And yeah. that is what's missing for us. So I agree with you fully. Yeah. Curiosity, uh, really, truly active listening, inspired to action. It's a process. And I think this is what we, we, we so miss. As you said, we're so busy screaming for attention to be heard yeah. that we don't notice anybody else is, is the same. And Every fight you've ever had with your partner, whoever you are, as you listen to this, is, you know, my wife and I taught conscious relationship programs. And one of the things we talked about was you're never arguing about what you're arguing about. And, if, and until you shut up and actually listen, you'll never find out. What you'll actually be arguing about is who's right. So I... I you know, we are, we are brothers from different mothers, for sure, because, I, you know, we have complete agreement and the refinement of sitting at the yeshiva table talking through these concepts, I love it because it's, mm -hmm. it's the sharpening of a knife through, the, through rubbing them together, right? Absolutely. Um, I have the honor of having a 30-year-old developmentally delayed daughter. I can tell you there have been many times in those 30 years that I did not think that was an honor and I did not think that I had a blessing. She drew me, she drew me, drove me crazy. Mm -hmm. In fact, most of these white hairs in my beard and head are from probably situations that I just couldn't understand. Right. She doesn't speak the way you and I speak. Mm -hmm. She has, she's, people aren't able to understand her most of the time. But she taught me the most valuable lesson I've ever learned. And in fact, it's what's putting me out onto the road to talk to other people. When she speaks... Most of the time I get it because I, she's, my, she's my daughter 
and right. I've been with her 30 years and I understand the nuances of her voice and I sort of get a sense. We're not talking about philosophy and Kant and Descartes here. We're talking about basic human needs, okay? Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll, I'll sort of get a sense of what's going on with her. But sometimes I don't. Mm -hmm. And when I don't get it, she'll raise her voice and say it louder thinking that I haven't heard it, but it wasn't the volume of her voice. It was the clarity of her speech. But to her credit, sometimes when she raises her voice, her inflection on a word changes. And I actually do understand it a little better, but most times not. Mm -hmm. And so when she speaks louder and I don't get it, she'll tantrum. And she can tantrum in the middle of a store, in the, in the middle of a dinner, when we're at friends' houses, when we're home with people at our house, when we're walking down the middle of the street. It seems inconsequential, but all of a sudden she ignites. Mm -hmm. And when she tantrums and I don't get her, then what she'll do is she'll come at me and run an attack. She'll try and rip my shirt or bite me. This went on, Dove, for 15 years, sometimes as often as 15 times a day. Right. Sometimes as little as two or three times a day. Maybe there were some days when it didn't happen. So you would think, smart guy, what's she trying to say? But one day after 15 years of this going on, I looked at her and I said, Elisa, I can't understand you. Can you find another way to communicate to me that I will actually understand? And from the midst of her rage, she smiled at me and she said, I am daddy. Perfect English. I said, what do you mean, you little son of a gun? What do you mean you are? And she went like this. For people that aren't watching on video, she put her forefinger to, the, to her brain. And I said, you little son of a gun, have you been putting thoughts into my head? And she went, yes, daddy. And we started, she started laughing, that laugh that's so contagious mm -hmm. that we laughed for what seemed like two or three weeks, but it was really just a few minutes. But she would stop laughing and I would laugh because we had that relaxation moment of actually understanding now how we can communicate with each other when we can't get each other's words. Here's an interesting thing, Dove. When I sat to reflect about how different she was than most other people, the answer I came up with wasn't how different she is, but how similar she is. When people speak and they don't get heard, they yell. Right. When they yell and they don't get heard, they create a scene. They, yep. make, they might make a disruption. They may, try and, they may try and slash out at people. They may try and do something at work. When they don't do that, they try and destroy that might be a marriage, a business relationship, a, 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 fellow, a person that they're working with, a doctor's reputation, a building. They'll, they'll blow up mm -hmm. because they so desperately want to be heard. What stops us from being heard, which was your original question, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the theory of what's, what I go on, what I'm going on this trip to find out. But what I think we came to some sort of consensus here already is that I don't think we're willing to sit in the emptiness of ourselves because we don't even listen to ourselves. We have an inner voice that we just 
annihilate. We're scared to death to listen. We're scared to death to go to that place inside of ourselves that is empty. And so everything that's trying to come into us has no place to come into us because our cup is too full. Mm -hmm. So until we can empty ourselves, we can't allow anything else in. And so what we end up doing is in our fear to be empty that maybe what we think isn't right or maybe we'll find a new way to do things, we continue to live in the pain of our situation. Our businesses continue to run in the same way they're doing. We, until that moment where we decide, I'm really ready to innovate. I really need to do something different. When we need to innovate, we start to listen to other people who have different ideas than we do. I remember walking into a New York office in t-shirt and jeans, and everybody in that office was, was in, in three-piece suits. And they said, can we help you? I said, yes, I'm here to do a workshop with you guys. And they said, really? I don't think we would have let you come in here. And I said, okay, then I'm happy to go. Why do you say that? They said, well, you're wearing a t-shirt and jeans. We, we're we're three-piece suits. I said, oh, so you want people to look and think and, and dress exactly like you do. So where's your innovation going to come from? If you can't see a new idea in a new person and a new way of doing things, how will you ever innovate in your business? Mm -hmm. We sat down and had the most disruptive, innovative session they've ever had. And they said, we, we almost sent you out the door mm -hmm. because of how closed-minded we are of the way things have to be. I said, good that you did. Well, I mean, I think that this is something for us all to consider. We, whether we like it or not, whether we're willing to face it or not, we are all running our own biases. We have bias about all kinds of things. Um, I have a similar story in that many years ago, uh, actually 35 years ago, exactly, um, I was uh, a friend of mine invited me to come speak for him. Uh, for his company. Now, I was not a speaker. And he said, uh, I want you to come speak. And I'm like, about what? And he said, I just want you, and, and who too? And he said, I want you to come speak to my, to my uh, leadership team, all my management. And it was a national menswear company in Australia. And I was like, okay, about what? And he goes, anything you want. Yeah. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, I want you to speak about anything you want. We've been friends for years. I know that you'll talk about something that'd be really powerful, but anything you want. I said, Steve, I'm not a speaker. This doesn't matter. He goes, and I go, okay, when and for how long? And he says, oh, for about an hour. I'm like, I know, you know, now hours are warm up, but you know, like, so I agree, I think to half an hour. And, 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 and he said, but I have one condition. I'm thinking, oh yeah, here it comes, right? Now, this is 19, oh, wow, it's 1983, so it's longer than 35 years ago. 1983 and a 19, early beginning of 1984. And um, I knew this guy because he used to make my suits. He would make all my beautiful handmade suits. But I only wore those suits when I wore the suits. When I didn't, I would dress otherwise. And on this particular day, he said to me, he said, my one condition is that you show up looking like this. I said, what do you mean? He goes, exactly what you're wearing today, I want you to wear. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, why? And he goes, I just want you to wear that. I go, well, 
So just to give everybody a clue, my hair was past my chest and my hair is naturally ringlet curls. And it was, you know, my hair's very, or was very dark. So these black ringlet curls, I've got a beard, I've got earrings that are big enough you could hang parrots off them. Um, uh, skin tight jeans with rips in the knees the first time. Now it's fashionable, but then it was fashionable. And a skin tight t-shirt because I'm a bodybuilder. I have been a bodybuilder for, since I was 19. But when you're 23, 24 years old, everybody needs to know that. You know, you need to show off that. So I'm totally, you know, at the physical vanity level. And he said... Uh, he said, I want you to wear that. So I've got this skinny tight t-shirt on, skinny jeans. I've got that wild hair and my hat. And I said, well, can I put my hair in a ponytail? You know I wear suits and you know I have pony and wear my hair in a ponytail. He goes, no. I want you to come like this. Well, okay. So I show up on the day. And as I show up on the day, exactly when he tells me, I walk into this boardroom and he's at the head of the boardroom looking down at all these guys who look like Gordon Gecko from, right. <laughs> from Wall right. Street. They're all buttoned up tight. And he said, uh, and I put my head in the door and they give, every one of them gives me what we call in England, the F off nod, right? Which is the head goes like this, F off, you're yeah. in the wrong place. <laughs> so I, I just smiled and looked at them and stayed. And then he said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. I'll speak a dove. Clonk, jaws hit the table and I walk up. I honestly have no memory of what I talked about. The only thing I remember is what I said at the beginning. And what I said was, how many of you here are racist? Now, 80, early 80s in Australia, was a lot of issues around racism with the, with the Aboriginal people. Of course, nobody puts their hand up. I said, okay. How many of you would judge somebody by the color of their skin or the way they look? Nobody puts their hand up. And I said, you're a bunch of freaking liars. Yeah. And, and they went, so I said, every single one of you decided to judge me based on the way that I look. You decided how much I have. And by the way, you, your company makes my suits. That's how I know Steve. <laughs> you decided on whether how much money I have, how much availability I have, my intelligence. My, my, you decided a whole bunch of things about me without ever asking me a single question. That's yeah. your problem. I look over at Steve and I think I've probably shit the bed, right? I'm thinking that, you know, he's going to be really upset and he looks like his face has been cut open because he's so right. smiley right. obviously he was a much smarter guy than me and he understood what it was going to do yeah. and it's this ability not for me but for all of us the ability to transcend our own biases to go past what it is we are we've decided about somebody when you pass the homeless person on the street are they invisible do you make them invisible or do you have a judgment on them? Oh, that you know, they're probably a drug addict or whatever it is. Or do you decide something else that you'd like to find out? Yeah. I do this on a regular basis, not telling you to blow my horn, just showing the exercise. So last night I came out of my friend's house for dinner and we came out and there's a guy with an umbrella. He's parked in a little corner trying to stay warm and dry because it was raining. And I pulled the car over and got out of the car and went out and talked to him and gave him a little bit of money and i said uh, how you doing he said okay i said how'd you get here and and he took a because i'm paying attention he took a moment and i stopped and i said you know what i apologize i don't have the right to ask you that question that's not my right here's some money if you want to buy something to eat do that if you don't do someone else it's okay it's your money yeah. not mine 
And this is the thing that we, we you know we want to give, but we want to put an agenda on it. Don't totally. spend it on drugs. Totally. Why not? 